Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. Drink it in. Detroit Kool-Aid, what's going on, everybody? Friday, back in the house, uh, me and Grifka had a fun show on Wednesday. If you didn't check that out, please go back and listen. We, uh, Man, we talked about the Cardinals uh, review, which is pretty tough to do, but we had some fun. We did a couple Caruso, uh, which I know the people like. Me and Grifka argued with each other about TJ Hawkinson, as well as uh, he got a few shots in on Taylor Decker and uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh <clears throat> Baker Mayfield and uh, man, we had callers come in. We talked about like how we're feeling after that game. Just lots of good stuff on that show. We even got some fan questions in at the end, which was cool. Grifka, after that intro, uh, man, it's Friday. What the heck's going on? Oh man, it's going to be the home opener. I mean, you're going to be there, stoked. Um, <laughs> man, it's a, you know, it's it's like it's a new game, man. This is a, it's one of those things. The home opener is always the best. And oh, thank God it's Friday. What what would the the letters for that be? Oh, TGIF. <laughs> there we go. We got we got three bells right off the get go. You know it's gonna be a good show, people. Uh, I'm just throwing it to you, Grifka. Uh, what are we talking, Lions? What the heck's going on on a Friday? I'm ready for anything you can throw at me. Let's do this. Okay. First of all, once again, I got a small soapbox here. Okay. There I realize it's been one oh, week. Oh boy. And you know, before we talk about the game, I want to say this. You know, okay. You know, I realized, you know, the, the Lions tied the Cardinals. The Cardinals had, what, three wins last year. They're not expected to do a whole lot. But, you know, everybody's power wow. rankings have come out. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's power rankings come out. And, you know, and obviously, you know, a lot of people are down on them. But one guy in particular actually has them the third to worst team in the NFL. And his reasoning is because the Giants and Dolphins are still in the league. Okay. There's no way that the Lions oh, are hold the on, third on. worst team in the oh, NFL. You, teed it up. You, you said the Cardinals and you talked about them, but you're saying somebody said the Lions were the third worst team in the league and could be the worst? Not Is that what worst? you said? Right. You said yeah, they, they, they could be the worst if there weren't two other scrub teams below them? Exactly. If, if there were two other scrub teams, they would be the worst? Are, are you kidding me right now? Exactly. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Exactly. I mean, really? Come on. Yeah. I mean, gosh, I was just like, I read that and all I can do is just shake my head. You know, like, it, like we talked in, it felt like a loss, but still, there's no way they are the third worst team in the NFL. I was just like, I was just, I just had to like, you know, I wasn't planning on doing a soapbox till I read that late yesterday. And I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me, man. This is, you know, I just, I, I, I just, I can't, you know, it just drives me nuts to even think about it. 
Grifka, we got something breaking in right now. It's a caller. Uh, he's actually a, a Hall of Fame basketball player, and he's a little bit rotund now. And this this actually goes to what you just read about the the take on the Lions, as well as that uh, that ridiculous soapbox half question you just threw at me. That's terrible. That's a terrible idea. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> that's that's what I think about this question. This is this a real question? Yeah, it's a real question. <laughs> Griffith, we've been question. over this. Nobody cares what these people think about our Lions. It, it stirs you up. It gets you on your soapbox. It gets you all fired up in your rocking chair. Like, the Lions aren't going to be in the bottom five or ten of the league. They're not going to win less than four games. Like, they're going to be a good football team. So, you know, th- these people don't know what they're talking about. I mean, I feel like this is a repeat. Let's 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 keep it moving. This guy's in a... Uh, let me see. I mean, I probably got some sounds for him. I mean, uh, you know, this, this guy to me, I mean, he's, he's probably this. That was a disgraceful performance. In my- that, that's, that's what his ed- editor said about his article. I mean, they probably looked at it and said, really, you think the Lions are going to be that bad? That's pitiful. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful. I mean, he, he probably looks back when the Lions are in the playoffs and win a home playoff game. And you'll probably, I don't know, think this. It's a bad decision. Period, point blank. It was a, a, one of the dumbest decisions I ever made. So I, I I could care less what this guy says. Ridiculous. I mean, still, I mean, it's just uh, it just drives me bonkers, man. I mean, <laughs> these people are supposed to be experts, and it's like, whatever. Stupid opinion people pieces. I'm, I'm sure they probably, you know, after Baker Mayfield's wonderful showing, they probably got in probably a top five, you know, Cleveland, how awesome they are. So... Anyway, you know what you have to do when you read these articles? You got to do this like I do. (laughs) (laughs) Just laugh it off, man, because these guys don't know football. They definitely don't know Detroit Lions football. And we'll be the ones laughing at the end of the season. So next question. What else we got? That is it, man. I I just really want to talk about this game. But let's get a couple words from our sponsors here really quick uh, before we really dive into the game on Sunday. Yeah, let's do that. We'll be right back, everybody. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, the people, as I often call you, out of respect, we are back. And uh, 
We're here on a Friday. We're leading into another weekend of NFL football. The Lions had an absolute heartbreaker last week, came in with a tie. I mean, a tie, really? I mean, absolutely ridiculous. It it should have been a W. Everybody knows it. They're going to have to rebound, and uh, we are all hoping. And like you said earlier, me and you will be there. We're going to tool around. We'd love people to hit us up on Twitter and uh, let us know maybe where you'll be. Me and Grifka might just take the football, walk around town, and try to find some of the Kool-Aid drinkers or walking around. And if you see uh, see some guys that probably are holding some Kool-Aid packets, handing them out to fans, that'll probably be us. But uh, looking forward to it. Hopefully they can rebound. Uh, Grifka, you want to give out that Twitter handle, do a cheap plug for a couple things right now, like you normally do? I mean, you know me. I always just kind of bring those up in the middle, you know, just to kind of do it. I mean, just set me up right there. So, uh, man, I don't know how you can do that to me. But, geez, you know, if you really want me to do it based on that, you can find me at, at Grifka DKC. There you go. <laughs> Grifka, if they want to call in and make us laugh, what's that call-in number again? Man, everybody knows the number. I say it all the time. But, hey, if you don't remember, give us a call at 989. 989- Two seven two three four eight four, or you can text it and tell us how awesome we are. Or if you think we suck, you know, say what, what, what you disagree with us. But hey, either way, any publicity is good publicity. Either way, so I appreciate it. Once again, number is nine eight nine two seven two three four eight four. We're not selling anything, even though my voice sounds like I am trying to sell you something. <laughs> Griffith, that's a bell for the cheap plugs, but I like it. And then also, um, we want people to still, if you, if you could take two seconds, leave us a five star on on iTunes podcasts uh, helps us out. I looked the other day and somebody gave us like a great review. I don't know if they misclicked, but they hit like, it says like, Oh, great podcast. I love these guys. And it has a one star. So like, I wish I could like hit up <laughs> Apple real quick and say, Hey, we got an issue here. Um, this guy obviously loves the show, but obviously I don't have time for that garbage. So we need some five stars just to sort of wash that mistake out that the person wrote. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, Oh, it was my favorite show. One star. <laughs> so uh, That was a bummer. But uh, like you say, those just help us out with uh, getting more more listeners and, and getting our name out there, which like me and Griff could have said, we're not the best at, but we do have a ton of fun doing this show. So what else uh, What else are we talking, Griff? Are we talking Chargers? You got more stuff you want to rant and rave about? What are we doing? No, let's just dive right into this game right here. Um, home opener, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, I know the Chargers, you're, you are usually pretty high on them. You like the team. You like Phillip Rivers. You like some of the talent they have. I mean, the big thing is the Lions catch a break. Um, I mean, once again, you know, Melvin Gordon decided he wanted more money. He was going to hold out. Um, Woo! Came down earlier this week. Um, the, their stud tight end, Hunter Henry, has um, broken tibia. So, obviously, he's going to be out for a while and won't be playing. You know, that that's big news. Plus, um, with Derwin James, their uh, stud defensive back, he's hurt as well. So um, there's uh, three key guys off this team, but they, there's still a lot of tough guys on this team. So is there anybody on this team that uh, you know you believe that could make up for the loss of Melvin Gordon? Do you think there's somebody that the Lions are really going to have to focus on the running game, or do you think Phillip Rivers is probably going to have to pass more to cover it? Uh, I think the big thing is, like, you know, when it comes to injuries and stuff, like I'm not – pumping up the injuries I, I put out on Twitter, just kind of like, you know, Hey, hate to see this guy go down, but it does help the lions. And then like say no Melvin, no Derwin James. So, I mean, all that, uh, you know, again, not rooting for injuries, but definitely rooting for less primetime players to play against our lions. So I, I don't know. I feel pretty good about that. I'm feeling pretty good. 
Pretty, 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 pretty good. So, I mean, I think that's going to make a big difference. I mean, those guys are no joke. That's probably three out of their top, you know, six players, I would say, on their football team being, you know, not there in Ford Field. So that's got to help us. Like you say, the Chargers are a a good team across the board. I mean, I I wrote up in my Fantasy Football Weekly um, this week that, uh, you know, I I feel like Austin Eckler is a guy that balled out week one, and and you're going to have to keep an eye on him, but he's not a guy walking to a week just having to totally game plan around. I mean, I always love Phil Rivers' game because he talks smack. He throws from that shot put angle that he throws and he just always seems to put the football where it needs to be. But uh, even Mike Williams too is banged up. I haven't, I don't know the exact status on him, but I know that he was having some, I think it was lower leg issues of some sort. And man, if he's out, you're basically looking at Keenan Allen, Phil Riv, a couple of their backup receivers you got to deal with. And then a, a pretty decent defense missing a big safety. And like I say, I, I don't know their uh, corners off the top of my head, but I can't imagine they're all world. So I think this is setting up really well for the lions and yeah, man, there's nobody that can do what Melvin does. I was getting a lot of heat on uh, online with some of my takes about Melvin and what he does and people, Oh, he's, he's got terrible knees. He's a, he doesn't, he's not even been that good. I mean, go look at it. He's been in the league four years. Two out of those four, he's in the Pro Bowl. Three out of those four, I think he had pretty good stat lines. And then the one other year, he was hurt the whole year, basically. And the, the other years where he put up like 1,200 and, and double-digit touchdowns, he missed, you know, two, three games in those seasons as well. So this guy's a primetime player that's out. I mean, it's a huge break. we got to take advantage of it. Yeah, it, uh, it, Derwin James out of defensive backfield, like you said, I always thought he was – he was a stud and like you said he's probably one of the top six players um i know last week you had talked about uh, the cardinals were missing their top two corners but uh i mean who are they were missing you know what i believe the starting db's cornerbacks for the charges are it was it casey hayward and uh desmond king i think that's who their starters are i mean those guys were both good in college but you know um, they've been around a few years in the pros but it's one of those things you don't hear a lot of these guys those guys being lockdowns and um but Griff, still, so, hold on real, real quick uh like you said it's a good call by you uh what was the first one that you named off i heard desmond casey king Hayward. i think casey Hayward. yeah See, I don't know if he's still there. If he is, I know he's been banged up a lot. But Desmond King, Griffka, if we want to go back into history books, and this is why I beat you up so much for going out and playing tiddlywinks and riding the seesaw and playing Red Rover during the NFL draft is because I have it on good authority in pen in one of my uh, drafts in the past where I would have Desmond King on the Detroit Lions. I think I got him in the third or fourth round. Um, maybe even later than that, I got a really good value. He was actually coming out as a safety, but he's transitioning into that slot corner type player. It's been really good when it comes to PFF and stuff like that. So that's why we do the picks, Griffka, so you can look back and actually have evidence that you knew what you were talking about rather than, I don't know, what you do, which is like tell me every player was bad when they're bad because you thought so, and then say I knew he was going to be good when he was when we didn't hear you because you were out blowing bubbles. So uh, I no, just want to fit that in. Oh, I really thought Desmond King was really good coming out of Iowa. I mean, I don't yeah, but, know. You probably, yeah, but you probably of course you do now. Iowa fo- 
I no, I thought he was really good at Iowa. I know you. Probably yeah, but we don't have it down. We don't have it that you would have taken him because you never do the picks. That's the whole point of the picks, Griff. Because so you can't do what you're yeah, doing okay, right now, which is say, "Oh, I, I knew he was Denver. good." Let's talk about the Chargers here, man. Uh, oh, there we go. No, I'm, Bailing I'm out because Griff Griff knew this, Desmond this, King was going to be this, good. Everybody, take his word for it. This this is this is a spring conversation. He, We're talking. We watch Iowa football, everybody. Go ahead. Keep I it do moving. watch a lot. It's Big Ten football. I sorry, I, I see Iowa football. Excuse me. I know just as soon as like somebody said mentioned the name Desmond King, you had to like go race to your computer and pull it up and say like watch some highlight video and you're like, well, he says he's in third round. Yeah, I agree with that. So uh, okay. No, so, Griffo. What I did again, we'll keep it moving. But I actually picked him in real life, in real time when the Lions were on the clock. Something that you never do because after like pick twelve, you don't take? know anybody in the draft. Who'd the Lions take? I have to I have to pull the sheets that they took, but Derek Oakry's picks say Desmond King third fourth round. That's what I'm saying. Whereas like that's how you know it's real well, rather than saying here in 2019 you're like oh I would have taken Desmond what? King too Oakry. Like oh, we chalked that up to BS. No, like, I, I'm not saying year. I'm not saying I would have took him. I'm just yeah, saying I he... thought he was good. Oh my gosh. Anyway, no, I, I can't mean... wait to keep having this argument. And then next year you'd be like okay Oakry, I'm gonna do my picks this year. You're out there, you're out there playing the uh, duck, duck, goose, and crap. You realize what? We're going to be sitting on a front porch in some old folks' home, and you're going to bring up Desmond King, and I won't be able to get out of my walker in time to come over and club you with my, with my cane. Right, and I'll club you because you go, Oakry. I knew he was going to be good too, there, fella. And I'm going to say, shut the hell up, Grifka. You're full just, of crap. Just a side note. Just a side note. And, and then throw the applesauce in your face. Too. Yeah, I want Conrad sitting there with us too, because he'll be in grits, because he's from, he's he's from Huntsville, Alabama. Did he move? By the way, I thought he was like from Tuscaloosa before. He must have moved between Roll time, calls. Baby. Yeah, it's, he must have moved his trailer in between calls or something like that. So, uh, you know, Roll he's, time, he's baby. yeah, he'll be he'll be living in Auburn, Alabama here pretty soon. So, anyway, so um, um. On the, like you said, you mentioned Philip Rivers and um, with Hunter Henry out, and like you said, Mike Williams believes is a little banged up, and that leaves pretty much what Keenan Allen. And Keenan Allen seems like a wide receiver to me that no matter no matter what, how many guys you throw on him, the guy just always seems open. Um, do you think Keenan Allen can kind of be a one man wrecking crew for this uh, wide receiving core against you know Darius Slay? Um, like you said, Rashawn Melvin played you know pretty well last week. Um, you think he could be maybe the the one uh, one person the Lions really really need to worry about uh, at the wide receiver position? Well, first of all, Griffka, back in the Keenan Allen draft. No, I'm just kidding. I uh, <laughs> I didn't do picks back all the way back then. I don't think. But uh, I mean, I don't know. This this is a this is a spot I think where you sort of just repeat my take. I mean, Keenan Allen. I already mentioned him. To me, he's. He's good, but if he's only a football player out there, like, of course, Matt Pat can take him away. And this guy has great releases. He can get off the ball. He's shifty. He makes crazy good catches, but he's getting older. He's got wooden knees as well and, and always seems a little dinged up. So, yeah, he's a he's a playmaker, as most teams have a few. But if they go into this game with, with no Mike Williams, no Melvin, no Henry, oh, man, like, I'm pretty confident that we can – Whole Keenan in check, even if that means like seventy-five and a touch. That's not going to beat the Lions, no. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like, like you said, it seems like every time you see a Keenan Allen, you know, play, no matter how many guys they throw at him, he uh, he just always, like you said, he makes these miraculous catches. Like, how do he catch it? How do he get open when he is? He's like really the only wide receiver on that team, and 
I don't know. It's just uh, I, I kind of worry about him. I, I really do simply because, you know, like I said, we talked about Rivers' quick release. And Keenan Allen, man, this guy runs real crisp routes, and the guy catches everything thrown at him. So, you know, uh, I'm hoping Slay is locked down on him, and there's a lot of finger wagging that day by Darius Slay. So, uh, I'm. Did did you want him coming out in the draft? I'm just curious. Keenan Allen. Yeah, you knew he'd be good, right? Oh no, Keenan Allen. Allen. I mean, we 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 know that you shook Darius Slay's hand. Everybody knows that. Yeah, I mean, of course. Even though I thought Jonathan Banks would be better, but then he got that toe fungus and he had to get his foot chopped off. But anyways, give, but give, give the people give the people the two minute version of the of the shaking of Darius Slay's hand uh, story again, because everybody loves that. Well, sure. Me and you were standing there next to the uh, next to the, uh, the 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 fence, and the kicker they drafted. Who was that guy? He was like, we're like, these, these two kids were like getting a photo with him. And you look at me like, what is he like? Is he like their uncle or something like that? We started laughing about it. But then Slay walked by and he was signing everybody's stuff, you know, being nice, you know, like he is. And I didn't have anything to sign on me at that point. And, uh, you know, it's my fault. And I'm like, hey, and I'm like, can I shake your hand? And he's like, yeah. So I shook it. I go, hey, you're going to be good. And he goes, thanks. And it was like it was like the, it was it was like freaking the soothsayer right there, man. Calling it out, man. I was I was doing my best impersonation. And, you know, I should have wrote that down. That's in some you know quatrain somewhere. You know, just like you know, like you know, I wrote it back in 1994. I was talking about a Lions defensive back, and somebody in the year 3000 is gonna read that and say, like, see, Mike Grifka was talking about Darius Slay there. So there we go. I knew it, man. I was, <laughs> You know, I was, I was Rasputin, man, seeing the future right there. I'm like, you're going to be good. And it was right there. It was that boost of confidence that I gave him turned him into the player that he is. <laughs> oh, man, the story gets better every time. I'll leave out the part where I was yakking with Nate Burleson, and I think Nate Burleson actually said he was going to be good, and then you just repeated it, which you often do on this show. But my favorite way is how you deliver the story. I went up to him. I asked him if I could shake his hand. I did, and I said, you're going to be good. <laughs> like. That that'll never get old for me. It really won't. It is. That, that's all it takes, man. It's that little shot of confidence right there. It was just he saw it. He saw it in my eyes, heard it in my voice, and my nice firm handshake. You know, he's just like, this guy believes in me. I'm gonna play for him. Oh, what a what a classic moment in Detroit sports history. Have you seen that Hungry Howie's commercial that he's done? He's just like. You know, he's, t- he's talking to the guy eating the pizza. He's like, you realize you've won a full day with me. And the guy's like, uh-huh. And all he's doing is eating Hungry Howie's pizza. And, like, you know, Darius Slade's, like, riding a bike with him and playing ping pong. With him. Have you seen that commercial yet? I don't think so. But the other one where he's, like, standing in the line with the people, I loved uh, just because of the way Darius Slade delivers his lines. I mean, anything he says is funny to me. So, yeah. So, uh, okay. We'll move on here because we obviously know Darius Slade's going to shut down Keenan Allen. Um, let's you, move you over to – hand. What's that? Uh, I said you I, shook his hand, of course. I mean, it's implied. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I wish I could shake all the players' hands I like on the team, and, you know, because we, we all saw maybe Eric Ebron would have succeeded. Because remember when he was coming around to sign, I just kept backing away. You know, I kept going. I'm like, gosh, I don't want his autograph. And I just kept maybe if I would have shook his hand, he'd have hands of gold. But who knows? <laughs> You know, as opposed to hands of stone. It probably would have hurt to shake his hand and be like, damn, man, what his hand's like concrete or something. <laughs> well, like you say, maybe, uh, you know, thank goodness you didn't because now we have TJ Hawkinson. So thank you again, Griff, because you were just unbelievable in so many ways. Yeah. Um, the people know that. My next question for. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> My next question here for you is, is deals more with our offensive line. Um, they obviously struggled a little bit against um, Terrell Suggs and uh, Chandler Jones. And um, the Chargers come with a couple stud defensive ends of their own and uh, Bosa and Ingram. Going to, um, how do you think the Lions will handle, you know, uh, Bosa and Ingram with uh, Decker and Wagner? It's, gosh, it's going to be a big challenge, but like, I feel like we're going to do this every year. We're like every week we just look at the other team's roster and go, well, what about these couple players? Like every team is going to have good players on offense and on defense. So we're going to call them out. We'll figure out if we can get around them. But I mean, it makes it a little more difficult when you have two really impactful edge rushers. But I mean, if they don't have that, they probably have like a good edge rusher and a linebacker or some teams have two really good corners. Like, you know, again, I'm just not too worried about it. I feel like the Lions will be able to deal with it by, you know, putting tight ends in. What we got to do is just, you know, you may give up a sack or two. We just can't have the ball on the ground. We can't have fumbles. We can't have, you know, hey, just throw the ball out uh, early um, because we're getting pressured. We got to manage it from the quarterback position. And then, like you say, both Wagner and Decker need to play much, much better than they did week one which I think they can play better. You obviously don't. I think that they need to play better, as most of Detroit does. And uh, I think the Lions will be able to scheme it up where they can because the Lions can still run the football. They can still dink and dunk or stretch you deep. But uh, protecting will be uh, super important on uh, Sunday at Ford Field, no doubt about it. I mean, probably priority one is keeping those guys off the quarterback, however you got to do it. Yeah, get the bell. I agree with you right there. I think they're going to have to scheme it a little more, keep the tight ends in. They're going to have to use a couple more of those chip plays with like the um, with like the wide receivers in tight. You know, Kenny Galladay. I don't know if Amendola is big enough or strong enough to even chip. That might that might just be like a minor speed bump to one of those guys coming off the edge. So um, I believe they'll have to use um the running backs as well. I don't know if that means, you know, Nick Bodden. I thought there was a couple plays. He did really nice picking up uh, blitzing linebackers. He might have to stay in and help. Um, maybe, you know, the, the big, uh, the big man, uh, Anderson and running back. I, I did. I just don't know how well he is at picking up blitzes or blocking. Only seen a couple plays out of him as well. Do that. So uh, I, I believe they're going to have to do, do that and take the lumps. Those guys are going to get theirs. I mean, they're that type of, they're that type of defensive end that can get to the quarterback. So they're going to get theirs. It's just, like you said, limiting the damage, not putting the ball on the ground, quick releases, you know, things like that. So, um, you Jessica, mentioned the running Nick, game. Hold on. If Nick Bowden's okay at blocking, but not excellent. I mean, where would you put him? Maybe he's probably not that great. <laughs> I think Nick Bowden, I haven't seen like real smash mouth, but I remember seeing him in the game in Arizona and he did have on a couple of replays. He really came up in there and, and took care of the first guy. And that's my favorite because I just remember so many years, especially the last handful where the lions were going with this. No, we don't need a fullback anymore. We'll put a lineman or we'll just put a tight end back there. And like, Every running play, they're just getting blown up by that unblocked linebacker. Now at least we got somebody that can at least count for that guy. And I think it makes a big difference. You know, a lot of teams don't go to it. But I love that big old fullback coming in there and taking out the linebacker and letting the running back get a couple more yards. Yeah, and I know they ran it um, like the play once or twice in Arizona, even just the straight dive to the fullback. I know that play is like used like very, very little. I even like it simply because sometimes a lot of teams don't even expect that. And that's one of those plays that can, you know, break off for some yardage right there. So um, 
I do. I like that play. So I like having Nick Bond in there. And I, I remember one of the plays that you talk about where the line kind of crashed everything down and the linebacker was coming to fill. It was on a short yardage play and they ended up giving it to mm-hmm. a carry on, but Bond blew up the linebacker and carry yeah. was able to, you know, get five, six yards and get the first down. I mean, I know five, six yard doesn't sound like a whole lot, but it was a short yardage play. And generally on that oh, defense, yeah. they're going to stop the box. So it's, it, was, it, was, it, it was either that same one or there was another one too, where he kind of got in there and just, just, redirected his guy like you don't have to always kill the guy with the block but just sort of turn your body get in the way there was even a kind of a reach block by an offensive alignment where he got up to the second level and just turned the guy inside which is all you really needed to do to make the run play good so those little things like you say a couple yards five yards ten yards it doesn't matter like that little bit of execution especially from a physical level is what we want to see from this football team like be physical in the run game um Against the, um, the the defensive line and linebackers of San Diego, um, I believe the Lions had, if I got the stats right, they had a combined rushing um, over 100 yards, but that did include the uh, Matt Stafford, was it the read option play where he scampered out for 12 to 15 yards? Um, that put him a little over 100 yards. Do you see maybe a better um, day running for the running backs, or do you think are you thinking maybe kind of the same thing where – you know, combine they have around around 100 yards, or do you think maybe Carry On can uh, bust off and uh, you know break 100 this week? Well, uh, I'm usually always the positive one on this show, so of course, like I'm looking for the way I feel NFL football works, and a lot of people don't see this the way I do, but I, I feel like things even out. So you know, I I know I got after you last show by Hawkinson, but I feel like if Hawkinson goes out get 130 in a touch, like you, your best bet is to sort of expect the next week that it might be, you know, uh, 50, 60 yards and, and, and no end zone, you know, and then maybe a week or two later, maybe he busts out for 80 and a touch, you know, like I think it kind of goes up and down like that. If they, if you blew up one week, the coaches sort of maybe go away from you or go to other options because they think the other team's going to focus on you. So you know, the running game wasn't good. So in my mind, it makes me feel like they could be better. Now, I don't know where, I don't know if you said it or, or I, I haven't really seen it, like where the Chargers rank and run defense. But I, I feel I feel like at home, you know, knowing you didn't run it that well, if week one, it'd be emphasis. And yeah, I think, you know, there was a couple plays where CJ was was physical again, got up there, banged a few people around. I, I forget if he threw that nasty stiff arm he likes to drop on people. But, uh, you know, between the two of them, yeah, I would like to see a nice run game, maybe, a, you know, anywhere from 100 to 120, 130 but in combined and, and get in the end zone at least once um, would be what you're looking for. And uh I just think Carrion didn't get a chance to get any space where he could really open it up, kind of where he finds that crease and goes. I mean, a lot of his big games, if you go back and look at it, you know, it wasn't, you know, eight, 10 yards here, there and everywhere. It was sort of big hit, you know, um, some good runs in between and then another big hit. And then next thing you knew, he had a buck 20 and a TD. So, you know, I think the guy doesn't have the speed to hit the full home run, but he does have the ability to knock off like 20, 30 yard runs, which really helps his total. So I'd love to see a couple of those. And, and yeah, I think they'll lean towards the run game, but you know, I, I need to see it cranked up before I really can say, Oh yeah, this next couple of weeks, you're going to be just pounding the football. Cause I really didn't see it week one in Arizona. Um, yeah. Nothing is worse than when a team kind of announces that we want to establish a run. So, 
a defense like, okay, we're just going to stuff the box and try to try to beat us. And the whole game plan is they, they're just running it up there all the time, just trying to, you know, establish that run, which doesn't work out. seems like we've seen that in the past, but um, I, I believe that the uh, Lions will do that. They're, they simply want to do that where they want to get this run game going. You know, they, they brought in the horses to try to do it with CJ Anderson. They, you know, they have carry on Johnson. Um, I, I think they'll be able to do it a little better against the San Diego defense. And once again, it's easier with defensive ends that are always coming up. You know, just you're not really blocking them. You're just kind of letting them go, and you're just kind of pushing them out of out of the play, which creates creases. And I really think that benefits carry on in a game like this. So, um, like you said, somewhere probably like around you know 130, 130. I'm hoping more like maybe like a 150, something like that. That means um. You know, obviously, that's good. the game's going the Lions' way. They're running the ball pretty well. They, they're keeping that potent San Diego, San Diego, Los Angeles Chargers offense off the field. So, um, I would really like to see that. So, but you know, 120, 130, you know, combined, I could live with that. I'm not saying neither one has to break the C note um, on that. But, uh, you know what? I'm hoping that me, you, and all Lions fans say after the game uh, on Sunday, especially when we're there in person, when we're heading out of the stadium, about the run game. I hope it's a quick at, at, um, entrance back onto the expressway. Uh, no, but I hope we're saying this. Wow! <laughs> uh, I, I hope it's a big wow after this game from the Lions run game because they late to get it cooking. I, I I don't know if I agree with you where you're saying like everybody knows that they were going to be a run game. I felt like just the presence of CJ and carry on with some buzz and everything is the reason why they're getting Hawkinson wide open on crossing routes, why they're able to sling it a little better. I mean, the offensive line was terrible, but Matt Stafford had time back there to, to get the football most of the time where he needed to get it to. I mean, that that's all because of that we have some semblance of a run game, and I don't feel like the Cardinals were loading up on it as much as it was there, and it helped open up other things. So hopefully it'll just do that every week. It's a it's an option that people got to deal with, which is more than I can say the past, I don't know, decade for the Lions. Uh, speaking of Stafford, and I mentioned the one play earlier, did, uh, did you like that play where Stafford, you know, Read the defensive end, did the read pass option, pulled it out, and then uh, scampered off the uh, edge for about 15 yards in the first down. Did, did you like that play when he ran that against Arizona? And would you like to see it more often? Grifka, me watching the game, seeing Matt Stafford run uh, quarterback option, uh, pulling the ball out and scampering. Wow. Uh, absolutely unbelievable. Like the funniest part is the minute he pulled it, it was just kind of like, it was like, Oh my gosh, I gotta get the sideline. That's, that's what I heard him saying in his head because he just looked like he could not run quick enough to the white chalk because it was like his, his life was running out and he had three seconds to get over there before he just blew up. Uh, it was so funny to me, but Hey, I, I like it. I mean, Daryl Bevel said he's going to do some things different that he's not used to or not comfortable with. I'm sure that falls in that category. And uh, I loved it because it was just a little wrinkle that, that, you know, it not only worked, but it's there. And, hey, you know, you may need that on short yardage. You may need that uh, pull a rabbit out of the hat in week nine where they hadn't seen that since. And you, you pull that out and get another 10 yards. That's crucial. I mean, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's uh, just another thing that defenses have to look for in um, a certain set. You know, uh, I, I don't know if I want, you know, Stafford doing that, you know, five times a game. But, uh, you know, here and there, you know, to scamper off the edge because it was pretty obvious, like, when he pulled that out, like, the whole defense just 
took the fake and just crashed down and that whole edge was open and like you said he was like running for his life at that point it wasn't uh it was, it was like watching peewee football where like the running back breaks it and goes he's not running because he's good he's running because he don't want to get tackled and, and get hurt so <laughs> Here, here's know. the uh here's the crowd reaction to when matt stafford did this uh for lions fans at least what the hell what the hell what the hell <laughs> They were like, are you kidding me? And then uh, Matt Stafford, like, before he can get to the sideline, he, his brain's just going and saying this. Help me! Help me! <laughs> just trying to get there as quick as he can. But I like it. And and real quick, before we keep this thing moving, like, Grifka, tell me that you saw the, the fire from Stafford. I mean, when it came to just – his feet were good. He was making good, tough throws. He got hit a few times. He got up, wasn't limping around, didn't need a splint on his finger, got to the sideline with a little bit of energy. The only thing that I didn't – I don't want to say I didn't like this, but something to watch. Like, Matt Stafford got that mojo going and that fire, and I think the reason he did was because everything was going great there, especially in the first quarter or two and even into the third. I need to see that same thing when the team needs a kick in the ass, when he, when things aren't going well, when he's like sucking and he still goes over there, gives his lime in the pound. He's over on the sidelines, like firing his team up before the drive. Not when like everything's going great. It's really easy to be the rah, rah guy, the, the slap everybody do your, you know, chest bump after a touchdown. You got to do it when everything's going wrong, you know, verbally, maybe he does it in other ways, but you need to be verbal and like, you know, body language of like, let's go. We got this. I still got the moxie, even though we're down 14 and I've sucked all game. And, in, and I, sometimes I feel like his moxie only comes out when like everything's going perfect. Yeah. I know that you mentioned it. Uh, I know exactly what you're saying. There's those times when stuff is going bad. He looks like Jay Cutler on the sideline all the time. Jay Cutler never seems to be fired up, you know, when he played. And a lot right. of people, a lot of people always said that, Oh, he just doesn't care. He doesn't play with any heart. And yeah, now that you mentioned, it seems that way when stuff's going bad, he's throwing a couple picks, he's pressures on him, balls he has to throw away and everything's, everything's going against him. He just, it looks like he's kind of sulking on the sideline and then something, something needs to happen to light the spark for him to like get fired up. You're right. There's gotta be something, you know, okay, man, we got it here. We're going to go get the touchdown here and get back within one score. You know? Yeah, you're right. It seems like he doesn't have that at certain times, so that's uh for the for the people i'm just gonna do one griff cabell because that was like three your rights which is equivalent i think at least to one i agree with you but but griff we got to get a quick story in. we got time for this so uh, a good example of this remember me and you at the at the kansas city chiefs game yeah when rory Way back out, in the uh, day jamal charles <laughs> And then Rory Grifka, wasn't allowed back on the sideline. You're burying the lead. How, how long you been on this show? I'm setting this up. Can you hang on there for one second? So so we're at the game. Matt Stafford's winging the ball around. Like, he's mic'd up, so he's, he's yucking it up. He's having a bunch of fun. We scored 40 points against the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, Grifka. And this one I go, hey, Grifka, um, you want to share one of the great stories with all the people real quick uh, from that game? And this is when you do what you just did. Oh. Where early in the game, me and you were talking about it before the game as we were tailgating. We were really worried about Jamal Charles because it was uh, it was that stretch of seasons where he was doing really well. And, uh, you know, right. it was his second or third run. He busted it out to the sideline. The Chiefs were driving. You know, they were getting near the end zone, and he uh, got forced out of bounds. And there was Rory, you know, to lay the smack down by the Detroit Lions drum line, you know, and then. Torn ACL. Yeah, and uh, 
you know, I swore Rory got up, stood over him like the old pitcher Chuck <laughs> Benneric over Frank Gifford and like flexed in his his foam arms, you know, and then all of a sudden we're like, where's Rory? Rory was gone. We couldn't find him. He was on the sideline. And then all of a sudden we like see him like in the mezzanine, like selling nachos. And we're like, oh, okay. I guess that's what happens when you take out the other team's star player. You know, so. <laughs> Griff, did you really do a Frank Gifford blast? I mean, do you want to take a moment and talk about the Mason Dixon or maybe the Pilgrims or some other type of ancient uh, knowledge that you have? I mean, really Frank anybody, Gifford? Anybody who loves football has seen the picture of Chuck Benneric standing <laughs> over Frank Gifford after he lays him out. And Frank Gifford is like, looks like he's dead because I think it's one of the concussions he has. And actually, I've seen the interviews with Chuck Bednarik. Rest in peace, Chuck Bednarik, one of the last greatest two-way players of all time from the University of Pennsylvania. Um, played for the Philadelphia Eagles. And he's like standing over him. He's like kind of like got this look on his face like he's getting, he's like he's fist pumping. But Chuck Bednarik said he didn't know Frank Gifford was below him, even though the angle looks like he's standing right above him. It's like, dude, you just planted that guy in the ground. You're, like, dancing on his grave, and you're trying to tell everybody that you didn't know he was below your feet. So if nobody knows that picture, Google it, look it up. It's one of the coolest NFL pitchers ever made. You know, it's going to be black and white. Thank God it's not colorized by, like, Ted Turner like he did with all the old movies. But it's just a great photo. So, Derek, oh I would recommend God. you actually looking at it. If you love football, you will love that photo because it's your consummate old-school football pitcher. Oh, my gosh. Grifka's killing our demo once again. But uh, classic throwbacks from Grifka, and we got in a good story. So uh, good stuff no, there. Once again, I believe we have a very knowledgeable fan base that listens to us. And these people are like, I know exactly what you're talking about, Mike. And you know why? You know how I know they're going to know? Because they're going to call in to 989-272-3484 or leave a text to that number and let me know. Thank you. <laughs> Or they're going to hit me up at Grifka, D, at, D, at Grifka DKC on Twitter. Let me know. It's like, Mike, I know exactly what you're talking about. It is a great photo. It's almost as cool as the picture of Y.A. Tittle kneeling down in the end zone with blood dripping down his forehead. Wait, Derek, go look at that one, too. That one's after an NFC. That one's after an NFL championship game where the Giants lost. And, and Y.A. Tittle's like kneeling. It was, once again, it's a great photo. It's in black and white. You know, but it's a great photo of old time football. And once again, our very knowledgeable Lions fans are going to know what that photo is. Hey, and you know what the 20s, 30s, and even younger are going to think about those that five minutes you just wasted of their time, Griff, something like this. I think we left the window open. You have no idea. Oh, they have no idea who oh, those people are, what's going oh, on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're going to be more interested in the progressive insurance. Baker Mayfield mowing the, mowing the field. Of, oh, no, you mow your field at your own house. Yeah, like Baker Mayfield cuts his own grass. Please, don't give me that crap. Like, you got some walk behind, and you're cutting your grass, Baker. Or he's, like, trying to flip the circuit breaker. Does it work now? Is it... Shut up, Baker. Yeah, that's where, you, that's where you're making all your money. Because people, like, because ESPN, like, sucks you off. And, like, oh, God, ba oh, we want Baker Mayfield. Baker, you still suck, okay? Yeah, you want to let you know, your team wears brown and orange jerseys. Okay? Yeah, you should have known that. I don't know if you're colorblind or not, Baker. Or maybe you had a little grass, you know, you know, you know, grass shavings in your ass from cut your own grass. Whatever. So yeah, Gr you're Grifka, right. all, real all your young twenties are gonna be like, show me more about Baker Mayfield, uh, Baker. Whatever. <laughs> Grifka, we gotta finish this show off and talk alliance, but uh a real man does cut his own lawn, and uh, we could have just saved your rant and played this. Baker like, Mayfield does not cut Mayfield his own grass. Right? Yeah, 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 I just want to let you know. He sucks, okay? 
Yeah, there you go. Mark it down. Grifka, I tried to play your clip while you to to solidify your rant, and you talked over it. So what else we got? Uh, I, I'm well, I'm done with the uh, the the hatred from you after one game. Wait till he's on Monday Night Football and see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Big deal. Anyways, so we broke down the game a little bit. We've um, talked about different uh, aspects of the game where the Saint Lions can, um, you know, succeed. What they really need to watch for. Let's do this. Um, what do you think the outcome of this game will be? The home opener. The place is going to be packed. Um, the crowd's going to be hyped. We will be there. What? What? Uh, what are you prognosticating as a score? Oh man, this is uh I'm trying to remember what I'm pretty sure I called this a dub in our in our preseason predictions. Um gosh, it, it's a hard one like uh, Matt Pat has said they've really responded well from that that tough tie um that they got. So man, I see this one coming down to the offense again needs to put up anywhere from 24 to 28 plus points and uh the defense just needs to be, what does Michael Irvin say on uh, on Good Morning, uh, the game day show? It just needs to be a titch better, um, and, and I think they will do that. So I think this is going to be Lions 20, Lions 31, Los Angeles Chargers 21. 10-point dub. Let's go. Wow. Um, I think what, this what, game. What, 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 what'd you say? Wow! wow. <laughs> exactly. Wow! That is that is. That is you want to have a wow off there. or no? Uh, no, wow! <laughs> that that really a ten point victory. Um, uh, this game, uh, I, I believe I counted as a dub. Also, one of the main reasons. What's one of my main reasons? Come on, tell me. You always uh, rip on me oh, for it. That's a. Uh, that's a. I'm gonna finish this with a Frank. Wow, this is uh the old Grifka West Coast team coming east. Wow, exactly. <laughs> West Coast team coming east. One o'clock start. Very difficult for them to get their bodies adjusted and everything like that. So um, like you said, it's gonna be one where the offense, I believe, is gonna have to carry him this one simply because the Chargers can throw off some points. I have a lot closer game than you do though, but I think this one's gonna have to be probably like a 31-28 win. Um, I don't think it's going to have to be one of those late drive, you know, come back and win. It might what be one of those say? where they. What was your score? 31-28, Lions. 31-28, okay. I thought you said 38-21. I was going to mark that down in the history books as Grifka's first hot take ever, but no. No, 31-28. 31-28 thir- <laughs> thir- victory, uh, Lions, on this one. Um, you know, this is uh, drinking the Kool-Aid. They need to respond after that. They're at home. West Coast team coming east. Everything stacks up against the Chargers to, to, for the Lions to pull out a rousing victory and send us home happy. Griffka, I think we've only done it like once, but this is where I do the reverse uh, LeVar ball when you do your West Coast team coming east. And it's West Coast team coming east. Never won. Never won. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never it's the it's it's reverse and never lost. Some, some people will get that. Yeah. And I'm sure LeVar Ball is going to listen to this and say he's going to beat you on a game of one-on-one. So, uh, anyway. LeVar Ball, now you're done. Hey, LeVar Ball, if you want to leave us a message at 989-272-3484, please do. Or just text. It's good. LeVar Ball, me versus you in basketball. Ha! <laughs> Got he! <laughs> Got he! <laughs>
That'd be me after I cross him over. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay, man. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I know you're waiting for me, but uh, you got anything else you want to touch base on this game or talk about anything else before we get out of here? Grifka, since we're Bizarro Land, of course I do. I always got a little something else for you. And I just told some people I do this. This is a deep pull, but some people will get it. Some people won't. Grifka, when the game is over, Sunday afternoon, me and you have been there. We've been walking around. Hopefully we're hanging out with some of the Kool-Aid drinkers. Hopefully we're um, cruising around the D, having some food, watching a great football game. We come out of the game. It's going to be celebration time. And you know what you do at celebration time, Grifka? Get a little bit of the bubbly. So (laughs) I know you have no idea what that means, but there's millions of other people that do and hopefully tons listening uh, that think that's hilarious. So uh, me and Grifka, hopefully after a big dub, we'll be having a little bit of the bubbly. So that's all I got. Do you uh, have anything else for the people? Uh, Nope. Everybody, thank you so much. Bunch of fun shows. Uh, me and Grifka, like, I I know after that game in Arizona, I was like, oh, man, we got to do this podcast. But we just have so much fun joking around, talking football. We basically turn on the mics and go. You know, it's just super fun. And we, we love uh, interacting with you guys. I know we can't do it 24-7, but we do have fun shooting messages or putting things out when we can, as well as uh, answering your questions when you send them in, all types of stuff. So hit us up on Twitter, uh, call up that listener line, and just interact with us because it's one game. This will be game two, and we're looking forward to it. Detroit Lions get themselves together, come out of this weekend one-on-one. So looking forward to that. Grifka, thanks a lot. We'll be back next week right here on the Detroit Coolie Cast. Take care, everybody. Let's go, Lions. Let's get this dub. We're out. Drink it in, man.